the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Merry Christmas. And as you prepare for this Christmas season, we hope that indeed you will be blessed and that it will be a joyous time for you. However, we know that oftentimes that's not the case. And so we want to encourage you with these 12 indisputable truths. And we get these as kind of a study guide from the Hope and Encouragement Bible from Tyndall House Publishing. I want to, again, uh, we've been giving some of these away this week. We want to continue to do that. You can send us an email to word at afr.net, word at afr.net. Or you can also go to our Facebook page and send us a message. And so when you, if you send the email, if you send the message, go ahead and send us your complete address. Now, that won't be added to a big mailing list. I want to be clear about that. But if you're the one that's, that happens to receive the Bible, then we need to be able to ship it to you. So just that clarification. And so we've talked about these truths. And so far this week, we've talked about you are loved. You are not alone. You are known. And today... We're going to talk about you are important. Now, before we get haughty and prideful, <laughs> I want to be clear that we are only important because God loved us and we are created in his image. It's, there's nothing that Jim Stanley can do that makes me important in the overall picture, if you will, except what's being used by the Lord. And I think our classic representation of this, of how important it is to be available, to say yes to God when he calls us to do something so that we can become important. I mean, think about a little shepherd boy. All right. He's just out tending the sheep. He hadn't done anything special. His brothers have gone off to war. And his dad says, hey. You need to take some food for your brothers. They've about run out. David says, okay, I will. And then David gets there, and here's this guy whose breastplate alone <laughs> weighs 125 pounds. Now, you think about that. For his breath, imagine how much the rest of his armor weighed. All right, and so here's this huge giant who's mocking God, and here's this little boy that goes, Who's this guy? Why are y'all letting him mock God? What can I do here? How can I help? And then, of course, we know the story of David, and you can find that, of course, in Samuel, First uh, Samuel, in chapter seventeen, and and throughout there, as it you know goes through all of that. But it comes down to the fact that the little boy was willing to pick up five smooth stones out of the creek or spring, if you will, stream. Stick him in his shepherd's bag. That's it. I think that's important. He's got a little pouch. Now, he trusted God that God was going to use him, but maybe he didn't trust himself, and one rock wasn't enough. You know? Or maybe that uncircumcised Philistine <laughs> had some brothers. That's right. <laughs> I may need to get more than one. <laughs> may need to get more than one. And so we are, David became important and became a king that God used and became known as a man after God's own heart. And it all started because he said, you know what? I'm going to take care of my sheep. And then I'm going to take, like my dad said, I'm going to take my brother some food. 
So he had different way stations. The other thing I like to think of, and then we're going to break these out for discussion, is found in Esther 4.14. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the, for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Now as we think that through, think of Esther here, and David here. David was prepared for such a time as this because he had taken and he had already defeated the lion. He had defeated the animals that came against the sheep. So God had prepared him for this Philistine. All right. Esther is being, has been prepared, but she's scared. She has the very ear of the king. She can approach the king and say, hey, king, how about this? But then she's like, all right, so what would have happened if David hadn't have flung the stone? What would have happened if Esther had said no? God still would have provided. Yeah. Can yeah. I add one to that Absolutely. in the New Testament? We don't know his name. The little boy that had five loaves and mm. two fishes. That's good. Mm. And uh, he <laughs> don't even know his name. His name's not recorded. Uh, his mom had packed his lunch. And he found that crowd listening to Jesus, and he was there. And uh, some way, Andrew found him and brought him to Jesus. He had no idea how important he was. But through him, through him, by the glory of Jesus Christ, that little boy fed a 5,000 plus. Mm. I mean, Wow. Yeah. Who who would have thought it? And he it was just a regular day for him. It was a regular lunch for him. Yep. But mm-hmm. how important was that? Uh that's God. That's mm. so are we saying that the um, that we're important because God loves us and right. he uh we're not alone and that's he right. knows us. I I wrote down you're important and I said because of the three previous statements that are made, we are important. That's right. You know, when I hear important, and and we know, look, uh, the Lord loves us uh, in spite of ourselves. We don't mean, you know, God needs us. God doesn't need us. Now, God will use us, and God can bless us and work through us, but the the Lord doesn't need us. But yet, um, we're valuable to God. Every person, every individual has worth and value and dignity because they're made in the image of God. And uh, I've often said it early in the life of the show. In fact, um, back in '09, I interviewed a lady, uh, Janice Connell, who had written a book called The Faith of Our Founding Father, how George Washington encouraged the soldiers in the Continental Army to speak respectfully to each other. And uh, in fact, there was times he would like levy a fine if they said a bad word or something. But George Washington told the soldiers in the Continental Army, when I honor you, I'm honoring the one whose image you bear. Mm. I'm honoring God by showing deference and respect to you. And and we do that to this day. Listen, um, your worth and your value as a human being is not how nice your outfit is and how much money you have in the bank. It's because you're a human. That's why we are uh, passionately pro-life because human beings matter to God. 
Now, that being said, though, when I hear about important, if I could qualify, and Jim, you correct me if I'm not in line with these Bible study notes, but I think about strategic and important in the sense of what God might do through us. You know, you might be the one who sows a gospel seed that brings your neighbor to a relationship with Jesus. You know, I think about, um, do either of you know the name Albert Macon? Was he the preacher that Billy Sunday heard? You're, you're so close. You're so close. Albert Macon was a farm worker who got kids in the truck and took them to the revival in Charlotte to hear the traveling evangelist Mordecai Ham. Mm. And there was one, he was good at baseball, good at sports, and uh, kind of a little bit of a leader. And Albert Macon wanted this kid to come to the revival, and they badgered and dickered, and the kid said, well, I'll come if you'll let me drive your truck. And Albert Macon said, okay. And Albert Macon persistently, repeatedly tried to get this particular high schooler to come to the revival, a young man you might have heard of. His name is Billy Graham. Mm. Now, Billy Graham preached to about one out of seven. There was a time when almost like one out of eight humans in the world had seen Billy Graham in person. It'll never be repeated. But you know what? While Billy Graham, we, we thank God for Billy Graham, but I thank God for Albert Macon, who persistently got Billy Graham to the revival meeting where he got saved. Now, you and I, we're, we're all um, links in God's chain. Um, we're all here because somebody, and we may never know it till we get to heaven, somebody prayed for us to get saved. Somebody invited us to church. There was a church there that we could go to and hear the gospel. And so, friend, you are vital, strategic, mission-critical, in the Lord's gospel enterprise. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons that what we see in Esther is so important. Um, There in Esther 4.14, if we remain completely silent, God will find someone else. So if he had not been faithful to bring Billy Graham to the place where he could come to know Christ, then who would have been the preacher that God rose up? Because God's word's going to go forth. Amen. Now, we see Billy Graham, and we know that he loved God, and we see the people that he's communicated the Word of God to in such a way that everyone understood. You know, you, you well, just... I, I wanted to share this. Yes, God's Word will go forth. Um, I was reading in a secular history book. This was not a Christian book per se, but they said, and this was where they said, one of the great tragedies of world history happened in the 1100s. And you think, well, what was that? Genghis Khan, who Mm. was the Mongol leader of what we now call China, Genghis Khan had been exposed to some Christian missionaries. And he, there was a time and a window, he went to a a group of about a hundred Christian missionaries and he said, I want China to be Christian. I think it would be good for the people. Seems like Christians are moral and civilized and literate. Um, I want my empire to become Christian. And so can you, within the next year, bring, and I'll pay all the expense, bring at least 100 missionaries into what is now China? Well, it just ne- they never got around to it. 
And about five years later, they went back to Genghis Khan. This was in the 1100s. And they said, now, uh, can we revisit that? Well, he was angry. And he said, look, I ask you, and uh, you say it's important. Come to Jesus. Must not be too important. Took you five years to respond to me. Mm. Uh, Deal is off. Now, even a secular history book taught the the loss of life bloodshed they said it would have changed the history of the world if in 1158 china had been and and the leader of the empire had said hey we want it come and they didn't somehow or another it just wasn't convenient now god is sovereign and christianity they're they're missionaries but here's the thing don't miss the opportunity i truly believe Fellas, every day there are opportunities laid in our lap with eternal implications. I really do believe that. You know, again, Paul referred to the church as the body, and uh, he uses that if you say, I don't need you, the eye or the hand. Uh, Let me add a little bit to that. Can you live without a hand? Yes, you can. You'd miss it. Can you live without a heart? No, No, you can't. A lot of times... People consider themselves unimportant because they're not seen. Mm. They're not preaching. They're not on the radio. They're not singing the solo. They're, they're, you know, they're there. I want to tell you, you are important. No one is unimportant in God's economy. Every person has that position, that ministry that God has for you. You don't want to miss it. Uh, what was the man's name that brought Billy Graham to Mordecai? Albert Macon. Okay, you had Albert Macon, Mordecai Ham, crossing at just the right time with a third party named Billy Graham. Amen. Don't miss it. Folks, this is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. We're talking about 12 indisputable truths, and we'll have more of those for you straight ahead on AFR. Family Radio. I'm Jim Stanley along with Dr. Alex McFarland and Brother Bert Harper. And we're in studio and we're studying this week uh, 12 indisputable truths. Well, we're studying it this week and then we're going to study it again next week and then the following week. And so we're taking one a day basically, Monday through Thursday. And then on Friday, we're still going to have Fire Away Friday. So tomorrow, we'll have Fire Away Friday. And I want you folks to be sure and tune in for that. And then next week, we're going to take and we're going to explore some more of these. Well, guys, today we're talking about you're important. You know, we talked about you were loved and you were known. And I need to look at my list because I forgot that third one. You're not alone. You're You're not alone. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. And so um, when we think about that, we are loved. We are known. And it's because of those, and we're not alone. And because of that, we're important. Not self-important, but important to God. Ephesians 2, 4 through 9. 
But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Repetitive. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Mm. We're thinking about Christmas, and, and we just heard the song, Giving Christmas Away. You know, Christmas time has become, it seems like a season of get instead of a season of give. We need to give the gospel freely because we've received it freely. And it's because of that gospel it's not Jim Stanley that's important. It's not Alex McFarland. It's not Bert Harper. But it's the giftings that God has placed in you guys that helps make us important. And, and not sell, again, not self-important, not self-righteous, but important to be able to be used. Because, Alex, you're going to reach people that I never will. Bert, you're going to reach people that I never will. Marcos is, is running the production for us. He's going to reach people that we never will. It's because of where we walk in society that God is able to use us as we are. Mm. You had someone that cared enough about a young ball player to take him to revival, to invest in him and revival, even to the point of trusting him enough. Yeah, you can drive my truck. Mm. You know, whatever it takes to get you there, I want you to hear the word of God. Isn't that something? Ephesians 2, 4, 9 proves that out, doesn't it? You know, when Paul said we have this treasure in earthen vessels, you know, we're, we're an earthen vessel, you know, just... Uh, flesh and blood, but what's internal is eternal. Mm -hmm. And isn't that something? And and I, I know I'm a broken record. I repeat myself, but 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Every day we think it's just another ordinary day, but it isn't. When we walk with Jesus, we're handling the materials of eternity. And that, yeah. that's why it's so valuable. Tell that neighbor about Jesus. Invite the kids to VBS. Invite now is Christmas time. Invite somebody to the Christmas musical. Uh, tell the waitress, hey, we appreciate you serving us and uh, we're going to pray for you and leave a good tip and a gospel booklet. Tell somebody about AFR. You know something? I, I got to say this. Literally dozens and dozens of times this year I've been traveling, people said, oh, my goodness, you know, six months ago I had not heard of AFR. Now I listen all day. Mm. I've got the app. I listen on the computer at work sometimes. Um, just even you don't necessarily have to write sermons and preach messages. Just tell somebody about, you know, Billy Graham's on the radio or um, let them know that Sunday morning, maybe if there's – they're not going to church yet. Say, hey, you know, I watched this guy, David Jeremiah. Check him out on Sunday morning. There, there are a hundred different ways you can gently but fruitfully nudge people toward Christ. So in the sense of our point, you're important. Um, I'm going to say it this way. You are strategic. Yeah. And it's part of the chain. I want to give you this. As I was thinking about this and y'all were talking, I'm going to give you some names. Stephen, the Apostle right. Paul. Barnabas. I mean, each one of those. But right in the middle of that was someone who's not exactly known well. Everybody, Stephen, the first martyr. Barnabas, the guy of consolation, of comfort, went on the first missionary journey, then took John Mark and went. Paul, we know them. 
But right in the middle of that was a guy named Ananias. And who was the first person that Jesus told the apostle Paul to go to and see? Ananias. Right. And at Ananias, he says, I've heard many things about him. But God says, I want you to go ahead. And here's what it says in chapter uh, 9 of Acts, verse, verse 10. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Bravest man in the New Testament. It is. <laughs> and right there, what, one time? That's, yeah. that's, that's only, there's other Ananias, but far as we know, that's the only time that this Ananias is recognized. So we were talking about earlier the chains, uh, you know, all of these, Mordecai Ham, uh, Billy Graham, all of these people, but we look at them. You're important because you may be that chain that, in a, let's talk about it in a family, mm-hmm. from generation to generation. You may be the one. You may be the one to carry the light this Christmas season into your home. You may come from a home where, you know, Christmas is just a time of celebration of giving gifts and getting gifts. But because there's been a change in your life, you're important because you're in there and you're going to share the joy of Jesus Christ. That's how important you are. Amen. That's good stuff. You know, guys, as, as we think about this and, and we think about that the importance that we are and the price that was paid for us, uh, we talked earlier about the song from our call, Who Am I? You know, well, why? why? Why did God choose to do that for me? We don't have that explanation. Uh, we don't necessarily understand that. And I think back to earlier when we were talking about Esther, if she had said no, if David had said no, you know, if David had not been willing to be used. And then we think of today, perhaps it's the, you know, you said there are people that are never mentioned. They're never mentioned from the pulpit. They're never singing the solo. They're never doing this. But you don't have a clean pew to sit on if somebody didn't go in and pick Mm -hmm. the trash up. You know, look after church sometimes and see those ladies and those guys that will go through the pews and just pick up trash. Amen. Pick up yeah. those gum wrappers so that it's ready for the next service. Amen. But at Christmas, it's really important. Where I last pastored full time uh, at Christmas time, we we used it as evangelism. You know, mm-hmm. we we would do things and we would have five usually presentations during the Christmas season. And there was this one guy, Jim Petrie. He would be there every time. You know what he did after every every one of those presentations? He would go through the sanctuary picking up the the part that was left over. Yeah. That he said, I can't do much. I can't sing. I can't be one of the actors to but and but I can pick up the trash. Right. And and we had guys out there directing traffic. Can't come, you know, go in here uh when it would rain. Don't you love those people? That even those that have, you know, a drive under, you know how the rain will still blow in. have the umbrella ministry. have the umbrella ministry. They're out there with the umbrellas, holding those umbrellas for especially those ladies that have babies and their husbands doesn't come. And they help them get to that nursery so that woman can get to her small group. Mm -hmm. Listen, there's no unimportant people and there's no unimportant job in God's kingdom, guys. That's That's why we're important. That's why you're important by listening today. You don't want to miss out on it. You don't want it. 
listen, it's joy. Right. Yeah, uh, joy is in the journey, and joy is in the service. It really is. It really is. You know, um, I, so many names come to mind. I think of a man named Al Dew, D-E-W. He's in heaven now. But when I was youth pastor at Friendly Avenue, he was always, he was a retired gentleman, dear Christian brother, but he was always walking up and down the hall. Friendly Avenue was a really big church, and he was always painting the trim, and, I mean, the place looked immaculate everywhere because Al Dew was always there just touching up things, keeping it, you know, beautiful. And I think about this, about the church, um, and we're talking about the fact that you, you're important, you matter to God, you're strategic, um, you, whether you're an intercessor, a prayer, whether you're helping out around the church, whether you're, you know, on maybe administration, maybe you've got gifts and organizational abilities. There's just no limit to the ways that you can serve and it matters in the gospel equation. It does. But I think about this, guys. Church is so vital because psychologists tell us one, one of the very toxic things is isolation. And look, whether you're a child or you're coming up to a youth group or whether you're married and, um, you know, there's everything from couples classes to mother's morning out, men's ministry, but then... Maybe you're in a season of life where you are an empty nester, or maybe even your spouse has passed, and you're at a stage of life where you feel alone. Guys, one of the very debilitating things for men is after retirement, after five decades of being in high gear, suddenly men, uh, you're not useless, but you feel useless or something. This is why my point is, Church is so vital, not only for the gospel, but uh, socialization, friendships, relationships. And yes, you, you are needed. I want to say this to everybody listening. Somebody needs you. The church needs you. There is a local body of God's followers where you can be served and you can serve you can be encouraged. You will be an encouragement. And I've got to say, the Lord, in his infinite wisdom, gave the human race family and church. And both of them are a key to our health, our salvation. But throughout this journey of life, just the well-being of people. Church, and this may be another sermon for another day, another show for another program, but um, let me say, you matter, and one of the ways that you can find your purpose, and it's very, very, very fulfilling, you, you'll find yourself in the family of God and in the local church. What would you say if I came to you guys and said, do y'all want to become the most important people in your church? Now, don't be humble and say, oh, I don't want that. We'd say yes. It's a choice, and this is a little bit of my opinion, but I think it's backed up by Scripture. It is prayer warriors. Mm, that's mm. right. Nothing significant ever takes place without significant prayer. You know, if my people who are called by my name, what is it? Part of it's humble and stuff, but right. pray, you know? And so prayer warriors, and guess what? You don't have to have a talent. You don't have to be able to sing. You don't even have to be able to speak in public to be that prayer warrior. There's 
pastoring for as many years as I have and did, I just want to tell you, those prayer warriors, they were they were so important. And most of the time, people knew who they were. Sometimes they didn't. But I know I've done the funerals for people. And we're talking about before COVID. So you had a large crowd there. And one of them was my mother-in-law. And I said, I want to know how many here know that this person prayed for you. Mm. And everybody that did it for my mother-in-law stood. Everyone that did it for Margaret held up their hands. They are prayer warriors. And and I want to tell you, guess what? They People would go to them more than they would the pastor for yeah, prayer oh, requests. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I say that. Prayer. I, I Lord, teach us to pray. And mm. so, listen, you're important. Yeah. And you can become that prayer warrior that is vital in your local assembly, your church. Well, when you think about the local church and the prayer warriors there, that's one of the things that Jim Simbla, uh, pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle there in New York City, um, one of the things that he talked about in his book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, was how important it was that people prayed. There are people that are in a prayer room while he's preaching. Amen. There are people in a prayer room that's praying for him. Now, they call it a prayer room. It could be a Sunday school room. You know, and it doesn't say how many people That Sunday it is. school room becomes a prayer room. It does. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, earlier, we were talking about praying for your server. You know, the person that comes to your table and goes to take your order. Um, you guys have done it. I've done it. But the thing is, is a lot of times those people are momentarily stunned. <laughs> because they're like, why do you? Why would you want to pray for me? Well, you're our server today, and, and we just want you to know we're going to pray, and we want to know if there's anything we can pray with you about. And sometimes they're just, they break down because they're like, I, nobody's done that for me. Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody's, and so we have people all around us that someone's never even prayed for. It makes me think of Romans, and I think it's the 10th chapter. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, But it talks about the preacher and how can they hear without a preacher? Mm -hmm. Well, they don't have to hear a sermon. They can hear from you at the table just praying for their grandmother, praying for their child, praying that the Lord would help them to come to know him through these struggles. That's what makes you important when and where you are you know, the scripture talks about being ready in season and out of season. What a great season to be ready during this Christmas season that we could introduce someone to the Savior of the of the of the manger. You know, preaching God is good. Philip ran along the side of the Ethiopian eunuch and preached to him Jesus. It was a sermon. It was just let me tell you about my Jesus. That's right. Let everybody hear about Jesus. Twelve indisputable truths that we're studying here on American Family Radio. I'm Jim Stanley, along with Bert Harper and Alex McFarland, and we'll be back with more straight ahead on AFR. Espanol, but I'm pretty sure that's I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Hey, from the bottom of our hearts. That's right. Amen. And we, we do. do. 
Uh, folks, this is Exploring the Word. I'm Jim Stanley. The voice you just heard was Bert Harper. And I'm in also with Dr. Alex McFarland. Not me singing, but the no, voice. Right. That, okay, voice I wanted to clarify. The spoken word. Okay, good. And also in studio <laughs> with us is Dr. Alex McFarland. Now, we're talking about uh, 12 indisputable truths. And we're doing that because our friends from Tyndall Publishing, uh, they have provided us with a hope and encouragement Bible. And we want to give some of those away. And, folks, I want you to know it is a complete Bible. It's nothing weird. It's no... Uh, it's the scripture. It's Genesis through Revelation. It's the word of God. Uh, but these truths are kind of threads that they follow throughout the scriptures, both the Old and New Testament. So far this week, we've talked about you are loved, you are not alone, you are known. And now today we're talking about you are important. And that one has been kind of a, a little different, if you will. But we are important. And we know that we're important because God made us. God loved us. In uh, Psalm 139, verse 13, it says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Folks, if you don't know that you are a gift from God, and that you are a gift to God, then we need you to know that today. Just before the break, we were talking about servers. And these are, I mean, you know, uh, how they can just be momentarily stunned because someone cared enough to pray for them. But that's what I was saying just before the break, is that there are thousands of people all around us that may never know who Christ is because someone didn't take the opportunity to just say, hey, can I pray for you? What church, you know, can I, and after we pray, can I, you know, what church do you go to? You, you can build a conversation. And then, you know, what's funny is sometimes they come back and ask you questions, and you can answer those. And so it, if you show that you care, it's amazing how many people you can reach just with that simple. And, and it's not hard, you know, that you don't have to be Alex McFarland. Uh, you know, you don't have to be Robert Harper. You don't have to be Jim Stanley. You can just be you and tell someone that Christ loves them in that simple way. You know, when I hear that about the server, <clears throat> in God's kingdom, what is the most important position? Servant. A servant. Yeah. And uh, so we ought to treat them very, very kindly, very appreciative. Mm -hmm. uh, you were talking about how important we are made in the image of God. If that makes you proud in place of humbling you, you're seeing it in the wrong perspective. That's right. It humbles. It should humble you. It humbles me to know that Bert Harper is important to God. I mean, we're talking, and, and it's a little bit of testimony, okay? We're talking about the guy that got a part in a play in the fourth grade when every grade used to do plays, you know, that was before you guys time. But every first grade through the sixth grade, they'd have to do a school play. Well, in the fourth grade, I got the part of a guy who stuttered, you know. Ms. Velma Strange, she was handing out the parts, and she said, Bert, you have the part of Herman because Herman studies uh, stutters, and all you got to do is memorize the words because you stutter, and you'll take care of the rest of it. That, you know, we're talking about God taking people who f are inadequate right 
and making them adequate for the job that he has for them. That's how important you are that God would supply. The Bible says he'll supply all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I mean, that's important that he would supply all those needs, guys. Amen. And mm-hmm. and that should humble us beyond measure. And, and then God will use us in that way. God will use the humble while he will resist the proud. Right. And so that's how important you are today by listening. And, and you need to know that. And if you don't feel that way, I, I just want to tell you, uh, just just come to Christ and say, Oh, Lord, I, I don't think I have anything to offer to you, but I offer you my life. I want to give yeah. you my life, such as it is. It's mm-hmm. yours, past, present, and future. I'm yours, oh God. Take my life and use it for your glory. Mm. You know, in Romans chapter 12, uh, he says this. Paul says in verse 4, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members of one another. And then it goes on. It says there's different gifts, but but the same Spirit, same Holy Spirit. Prophecy, ministry, exhortation or encouragement, giving, administration, showing mercy. And it goes on. It says... Uh, love and be kindly affectionate to one another. Uh, many members. Hey, uh, there's, you can name it. There's your pastor, and then there's the people behind the scenes that you may never know. There's, you know, Billy Graham and James Dobson, and then there's 10 million other people. But you know what? We're one body. Mm-hmm. We're one body. And like you, you gave an analogy about, you know, if you hit your hand, the whole body hurts. But uh, and the whole body is involved in getting that injury healed. You know, uh, when we keep it all about Jesus, that's how we can keep the right perspective. No competition, no envy, no, you know, whatever. Just like Paul said, I think about this. I am what I am by the grace of God. Isn't it interesting? And Bert, you know, I've talked about this. Paul could have beaten himself up and said, oh, I'm no good. I killed Stephen and... You know, I persecuted the church. I fought the gospel. Surely God couldn't love me. But he didn't unduly demean himself, but he didn't unduly elevate himself. He could have said, oh, my goodness, I wrote half the New Testament. And I I was the smart enough guy. I went to Mars Hill, boy, and I shut down those pagan philosophers. I must be something. He just said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And really... um, we have blessings God's entrusted to us. We have past things that he's forgiven us of. We are who we are. Everything about us, our true real identity is in Jesus, and to him be the glory. You know, we've just had Thanksgiving season ready for Christmas mm-hmm. season. I preached a sermon about, you know, making your Thanksgiving list. We make a Christmas list. I ought to make a Thanksgiving list. Amen. And what you just said about Paul, the grace of God, I could not. The top of the list is God's grace. Mm. I mean, apart from the grace of God, there would be no one justified before him. But because of his grace, God's love through Jesus Christ, only in Christ could the holiness of God and the love of God meet. We was talking about divine intersections, Alex, you know, with different people at different times. How you like that divine intersection of Jesus on the cross, the holiness of God and the love of God? 
and Jesus was that supreme sacrifice. It is him. It is by grace. He, he truly is the one, the Bible says, uh, on whom the ends of the earth have come. I mean, honestly, everything is about Jesus. <laughs> right. we, we set the calendar by Jesus. That's right. Even, Even though they call it a common era, as long as those numbers stay there, it's still about Jesus, guys. Even an atheist, <laughs> if they get a paycheck or ever write a check and they put the date on it, they right. have tacitly acknowledged Christ. I That's mean, right. he is the summation. Now explain that. Well, if you write the date, you know, uh, December 2021, and in a few days we'll be writing, good Lord willing, we'll be writing 2022. <laughs> right. Well, we are measuring from the arrival of Jesus onto the stage of human history. I That's mean, right. There's not a person walking this planet, whether they realize it or not, that doesn't acknowledge the most momentous event in history, the coming of Jesus Christ. And let me say this. I, I've told this story, but um, Gannett newspapers, I don't know if they still exist the way the media has changed, but I toured a newspaper plant one time. Um, and they took me through this, and they, they had an old printing press, and they had these lead letters, and they would typeset, and and there were different fonts, you know, and the paper, I think, was a 10-point font, and there were these big things. There were these block letters, Jim, like eight or nine inches tall, right? and they had no residue of ink on them. And the guy, he said, I guess they never did use these, the biggest font you've ever seen. And he asked the group, it was just two or three of us touring this printing newspaper plant, he said, what headline would have been worthy of that? And he showed us this ink-dried font when JFK had been assassinated. This was big headline. Right. But the biggest font ever, what would have been worthy of that? And I said, well, I know one. How about this? The biggest, most momentous event in history, Christ returns. And folks, the two greatest things that have ever happened that define your worth and value and meaning and, yes, your eternity, Christ came, Christ can be known, Christ will return. Amen. Uh, life is going to throw you some curveballs. And some days we're on the mountaintop, some days we're in the valley. But I want to tell you something. Your life is worthwhile your future is secure. Your heart can be full if you'll acknowledge these three things. Christ came. Christ can be known. Christ is coming. Mm. That makes life worth living. Amen. We were talking about important people, and you're important. I, I'm just thinking of Bible stories. they just galore. But you remember when uh, Ahiza, the king, died, Israel, and, and his mother, Athaliah, went into the, the the nursery, the royal nursery, and had all her grandchildren, heirs, killed. Yeah. I mean, that's what she did. But there was one that got away. Joash got away. Why? Because of the nurse, the one who was watching over it, a lady called Jehoshaphat, she stole Joash away and slipped out, quote, the back door, mm. and took him to the temple with safety. Amen. That one, that one event, that one person doing something at the right time that would change the course of history. Does that not excite you? That's almost like Moses in the bulrushes. Yes. Right. You know. I mean, one, one person changing whole history. I think of the Macedonian call. I don't know the vision of the man that 
uh, Paul Saul, but I'd love to see him one day. I don't know who the vision was, but the guy that said, you know, come over here, and Paul the next day headed toward Europe. He crossed over out of Asia into Europe, and that would change history. Amen. Western civilization would be changed forever because that would change the Roman Empire completely forever. And so that one person, that one event, and that's how important you are because it may not be Jehoshaphat, it may not be the Macedonian vision man, but it is somebody that changes the course of your life, Amen. the course of somebody else's life, and the course of your family's life. That's how important you are. Amen. That's, that's excellent. You know, in, in um, Ephesians, the second chapter, and the 10th verse, it says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We were created to be the person that God can use in any particular incident. But if we're not, and see what it says here, that we should walk in them. But if we're not walking in the way of Christ, if we're not in the light, as John says, as he is in the light, if we're not doing those things that prepare us to be used, to be that workmanship, then what happens? Yeah, you know, we've talked about that. What happens if the guy's truck broke down that night and he couldn't take the young, could not take Billy Graham to hear the preacher? You know, what happens if the person got caught going out the back door? You know, what happens to all these different things? And, and we could play that throughout eternity. And folks, I get that. But we're not talking about eternity. We're talking about you. We're talking about me, that we are important to God because he made us. We're created in his image. We are his workmanship, Amen. and we should walk in his ways. Mm. We're, God chooses to use us. That's what it, it's so important. And you said it with Esther. Yeah. What did her uncle say, or what did God say? If you choose not to do this, gotta use somebody else. That's right. Yeah. You're. What but, makes but it so is, special? God chooses to use you. But there's a price for missed opportunities. Yeah. And, and there's a price for disobedience. <clears throat> and yes, the Great Commission will go forth, and and God will get His will done. But um, why would we not want to participate? Right. The, the Lord is calling. The Lord is working. The Lord is saying, hey, you can be a part of my great, great commission. You can be a part of uh, doing things that matter for eternity. You know, you, you guys, you know, I love music. And I grew up in that era. And, Jim, you and I both. Um, when I was a kid, man, I thought Elvis and the Beatles and Brian Wilson were a big, big deal. Uh, and I mean, they made some great music. Kids, they, they don't know who that is, you know. I mean, seriously, they <laughs> right. they they don't know. They don't care. So much of the uh, the bling of of life, from celebrities to art to accomplishments, it's gone and forgotten. We have an opportunity to do something. In fact, the only thing that really will have any permanence and last. That's to know Jesus and serve Jesus. Amen. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. 
God knows, God loves you, and you're important to Him. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Word. I'm Jim Stanley for Dr. Alex McFarland and Brother Bert Harper. We encourage you to know Christ and share Christ.